0: Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Monday, March 7th. This is episode number 140. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. How are things going?
1: Going well, Rod. Talking draft tonight with one of my favorite people. Can't wait to get started.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I know you guys have both been spending uh, uh, a lot of time watching the Combine. So uh,
2: So let's bring Peter Jones in and Peter how are you yeah I'm doing really really good Rod thank you uh, it's good to be here um I don't quite know how how I follow um last week's podcast with with Stephen Heather Winfrey because that was pretty special um, um yeah it was a lot yeah. of fun
0: talking to those guys yeah. definitely but uh but yeah we're gonna we'll do our best <laughs> So, uh, everybody can follow Peter at the underscore IT underscore Hedgehog. Um, and, uh, of course, we're going to be talking about the combine, but, uh, you know, Peter's also got got his rankings out. And, Peter, we really haven't talked draft with you yet at all. So, we're going kind to of, kind, of, kind of talk, uh, you know, your rankings, the combine, and, and how, you know, how the, how the combine affected your rankings and and all of this. So, um so uh, we'll get some thoughts on the combine in, in just a moment here, but um, two bits of Brown's news. I, I guess I wanna kinda get probably get Jeff's reaction to the uh, um, to these because these kind of affect you know, kind of affect the draft a little bit too in the offseason. And that's the the restructuring of of uh, of, of Conklin, uh, of his contract, which means he's he's gonna be around. Uh, the Browns aren't going to part ways with him because he now has, I, I believe, $8 million guaranteed. Um, and also the Browns tag David and Joku today, which means he's going to be around. So that, that also changes the way the tight end uh, position looks at least for now. Um, so, so Jeff, what are your thoughts on those two and, and, uh, um, those two moves? Um, and, uh, I guess, how you think that impacts the draft and the offseason? Well,
1: first of all, I I think it it underscores that that there's a lot on the line um, this coming season for the team in general and and for a number of individuals. Um, And, you know, to bring both those guys back um, really indicates to me that I I think the Browns want to go all in this year. you know they're they're not making any long range commitments. They're they're saying we're going to really go for it this year. So, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out as as it relates to other moves. Um, but I think it, it it's maybe it's, it's signifying that um, we could see some one year um, all in type moves um, on the horizon.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. And I mean, the the tackle position is still interesting because we don't know if Conklin's going to be ready beginning of the season. I think it's probably unlikely that he's going to be full strength, you know, at the beginning. Although I guess the word was that he's recovering well and everything, but um, you know, he's got a lot of work to do. So I wonder if there's, you know, it, it it seems kind of. Uh, far-fetched to think that they would try to to draft a guy to play in that spot, you know, until he gets back. So, um, right. you know, you wonder if there's going to be some kind of a signing there at tackle, and if they just, you know, keep Hudson, um, you know, still as the developmental guy. Um, yep. You know, to be there, kind of kind of seems to make sense.
1: I almost think they have to bring in some sort of a experienced swing tackle. Uh, as insurance, but uh, all indications are that, you know, Conklin should be good to go this year. Um, And, you know, within Joku, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's a situation where Kevin Stefanski really likes the tight end, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. So you want those guys that know the system that are experienced and, you know, for the 2022 season, there are no excuses in the tight end room. Um, Go out and perform and, you know, earn your next deal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. And the, was it the 10.9 million the franchise tag for a tight end? I think in today's NFL, it's not it's not huge money. So mm-hmm. I I, th- I, th- I think that's a very a very pr- a very prudent move, move to make. Yeah, for
1: sure, low risk. Um, yeah. You know, but it, I also think that you know David and Joku shouldn't get very comfortable because you know this this doesn't mean he's proven anything yet. Um, it just means he's getting one more year. <laughs> he's not on a long term deal
0: yeah yeah i I don't know I, I kind of struggle with it a little bit and you know and it's not because I think it's a bad deal. it's just uh, you know the idea that, that this draft class is, is good at tight end and there's you know a lot of free agent tight ends um, and it kind of seems like they like they did this kind of feeling like they had to do it to keep, you know, to keep the guy that they see as their best tight end. And, and it kind of felt like there were other, other avenues, but maybe it's a matter of keeping a guy that they, you know, felt comfortable with and not, not wanting to start, um, you know, start over with a guy at tight end who, you know, might, may have uh, gotten a majority of the targets this year, you know, being somebody new to the team.
1: I really don't think it changes the draft strategy regarding tight end, Rod. I mean, I think, you know, you have to be looking two to three years down the road for the guy that you draft this, you know, in this cycle. Um, so I'm still looking to take a guy in the mid rounds that they can develop. And, you know, if if Njoku shows up and, and earns an extension or or Hooper for some reason, you know, a, a rework of his contract or something um you know that's great you still need that second tight end or third tight end um mm-hmm. but i don't think it changes the draft strategy at all keeping david and joe good for one more one more season i think it what it says is, is we want somebody who's ready to produce this season because we want to know a on any you know in any position group for our, for our quarterback evaluation um and we want to try to win this year so we're going to bring back guys that know our system, and we think can be productive in our system.
0: Yeah, my, yeah. My only thought was maybe, maybe they. Um, and I know the Browns are probably going to draft, you know, the best guy who's there in, in most spots, anyways. But, um, but to me, it probably pushes tight end back a couple of rounds you know especially could, in this yeah. class you know um, yeah towards... where, you,
1: where you might have taken the, the the you know the third or fourth best tight end you might not be taking the sixth or seventh best tight end
0: yeah that, that's kind of my thought so it may not be a big yeah. difference no, overall I would... but yeah so okay well let's uh, let's just start off just by getting just just some general thoughts on how this combine went and just your overall thoughts on, on peter um, just kind of what you saw overall, and, and uh, from this class. I mean, I mean, man, that there is just uh, so much speed in this class. I mean, that's that's that's. I mean, just from. I didn't see every guy do every everything. Okay, I watched as much as I could of this, and and it seemed like I I would watch something, and then I would I stayed up at night, and and, and invariably the part that would come on again was the part that I saw earlier, (laughs) okay, every time, Um, so, you know, so I saw what I could, but so much speed in this class, Um, so I'm going to let you take it from there, but I mean, just, that was so easy to see,
2: but what else did you see, and and what do you think? I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, Speed speed is the one word that jumps out at you, and I'm not sure that we should probably be surprised about that. I mean, each year we see players getting faster and faster in the, in the 40, in particular. And you know, we're now seeing, you know, it used to be it's not so long ago that you know, if you, if you had a guy that ran in the four fours, whatever position he was, you know, four fours was a really good time. Now, now we're talking four threes, and you know, a number of players running four twos, four two somethings, which You know, was unheard of. You know, John Ross aside, going going back a few years was 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 pretty much unheard of. So I think you've hit the nail on the head with the speed. And I and I think we've seen certain positions. I won't want to say improve where they were, but I think um, just re-emphasize how strong some of those positions are. Um, Wide wide receiver again is deep this year for the for the third year running you know i'm i'm not sure that there's a jamari chase in this jamar chase in this in this draft but but you know there are five or six guys that could go in the in the first round and there's easily a whole bunches of guys that could be second or third round picks so I, th- I think the wide receiver group took a leap if you like um, i think that some of those tight ends took a, took a leap um Defensive defensive line, stroke edge. So we saw Trayvon Walker of Georgia probably take the biggest leap of any player. Now, now his issue is going to be about what is he? Is he an edge? Is he a defensive tackle? And that's okay. going to be his going to be his question his his question. But I, I think speed is the thing, Rod. It's difficult to look look beyond that about what we saw over over the last four or five days so
0: answer this for me peter speed has been getting better and better in the nfl over the years is there and, and i know speed is important and we know this but is is there enough uh is there enough data out there to know that when you're drafting guys that that speed is one of the most important attributes um you know I mean, I, I don't want to make that sound like a stupid question, and it kind of came out kind of sounding like that. <laughs> Obviously, you want the guys yeah. to be fast, yeah, but is simply looking at speed is um, is that enough? No, based it, on how guys have done
2: it, it it isn't enough. i think I think the one thing it, it it does do is speed's important at every position, more so at some than more so at some than others, but every position speeds speeds important. So I think, that single measurement gives you a cross positional comparison, whereas some of the other um, things that you're going through in the, in the combine, whether it's the standing jump or, or whatever, are perhaps not as important at, at some positions as they are, they are at others. So I think speed's the one thing that you're looking for at every position.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so Jeff, let's give you a chance to jump in on this. What, uh, what stood out to you at the, at the Combine, just overall, with, with watching this?
1: You know, we, we kind of went into this feeling like maybe this was a, a bit of a um, mid-round heavy draft class where there weren't any real, you know, top-end superstars. Maybe we um, – we felt like there was a lot of value in the second and third rounds and so forth with some of these guys. And it was a little bit harder to justify some of them as high first rounders,
2: you know, a lot of mm-hmm.
1: a lot of strength at the top of the draft. And I just I wonder after the combine if a lot of people aren't reassessing that and, and thinking that, you know, maybe we didn't give some of these guys enough credit. Uh, it is a very deep draft, uh, as Peter mentioned. You know, particularly in the, the wide receiver and um, and the edge class, especially. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, maybe maybe we didn't give these guys enough respect. Um, and you know, now that we've seen some of the, the measurables, um, this class you know could surprise us as far as you know people wanting to trade up to go get players that they really fell in love with at the combine.
2: Yeah, Uh, I I would, I would agree with that assessment. And I think that what, what often happens or what sometimes happens is, is when you don't have two or three quarterbacks in that top five or top 10 surefire picks. And when you don't have, or when you have multiple guys that could go number one, two, three, four, five, there's a, there's a tendency to, and some somehow play down the strength of the draft at the top, you know, because often often in the draft you get to this point where actually you can pick picks one two three four five and be pretty certain, as good as you can be without you know somebody throwing a complete curveball in there, be pretty certain about how those picks are going to go. And this isn't one of those drafts.
0: That's true. It's true, but I I think you might not know the order. But I think you're pretty certain which, uh, maybe not, maybe not all four. But I think you're pretty certain that uh, of uh, maybe three out of the first four, or four out of the first five picks, that, that four guys will be gone. You know, may, maybe not that's, the order.
1: That's probably true. But we're pretty um, close, anyways. I mean, once you get past that, I mean, it it gets jumbled up really quickly. Oh, definitely. You know, there, yeah. there are guys that you know that that. I think they could go anywhere from from five to twenty five and a lot of them, so it's gonna yeah. be real interesting to see you know what what sort of grade teams put on these guys as a result of you know the expectation going into the combine and then what they saw the results to be,
0: yeah. Yeah, so um, so we're we're gonna break this down a lot more, but we're we're gonna take a pause here and do something something, uh, uh just do something fun. Um, Peter Peter, as you guys know, is a Packers fan, and Peter uh, does a great thing on Twitter. He puts out these uh, these tweets of uh, for Packers of, of who am I, and um, <laughs> you know, it, and it's great when the players actually come back and answer, hey, that's me, which happens on occasion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but uh the jeff has jeff has has uh, put a few of these together and is going to ask Peter the question of who am I? and and this is on some draft prospects. So I'm going to turn it over to jeff for the for the uh, draft, Who am I questions?
1: Well, first of all, I want to apologize to Peter because i'm um, I'm nowhere near his class in terms of the ability to do this and, and, and my football historian um, uh, capabilities would never allow me to do this the way he does it. But you so you actually
0: had to look stuff up or is Peter just, I I spent, I spent a little bit
1: of time. Yeah. I spent a little bit of time with Siri Um, (laughs) (laughs) and this, you know what I didn't want to do anything obscure here, you know? So these are, these are Top twenty-five guys. Okay, uh, so Rob, you can probably jump in here too.
2: Okay, from, from you, you should. This is from this. This is from this upcoming draft, right? We're not this, looking at this, yes, the nineteen sixty-one NFL draft or something. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that that <laughs> okay. would be obscure.
2: <laughs> so Peter might know some of those, though.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, I, I guess it's not a question of if you'll know who these guys are. You'll know who these guys are. The question really is, is how fast will you know who they are? So I've got um, I've got just like two or three bullet points on these guys, and it may be the first one that gives away. it away. It may be the second or maybe the third. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to launch in here. Um, my first guy. Um, the first clue is, is my team last won the mythical national championship in 2014. Narrows it down a little. No guesses. No guesses. No. No, no guesses. Okay. <laughs> second Okay. Second. Second clue. Um, many people are, are comping me to Calvin Ridley, which is probably not a great comp based on today's news from Calvin Ridley. But I'll um, <laughs> give you a positional idea. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I still think I'm looking
1: at down his name right that. now. But yeah. All right, final clue. Chris Carter, Malcolm Jenkins, and Terrell Pryor have all worn my number.
2: Are we in Chris Olave land?
1: There you go, Chris Olave, number two. Well, that was harder than I thought.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, I I, I, I I sort of had an inkling it might be Ohio State for winning the 2014 National Championship, but I wasn't, wasn't 100%. Yeah, I figured it was
0: Olave or Garrett Wilson. I didn't know which one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right. All
1: right. So, okay. All right. So, all right. Let me give you another one that I think, I think this one will be a little bit easier. Um, my team won the CFB playoff in 2020. Second clue. My grandfather was an NFL wide receiver. Third clue. Until he met Jack Tatum.
2: Uh, Derek Stingley
1: Jr. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not that that's funny, but
2: okay. Um,
1: all right, last one. Man, this is like going over like a lead balloon here. Um, okay, it's <laughs> go good here. fun. That's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> I wear number one, and I believe I am. Second clue. Can I guess? Yeah, I guess.
0: Jameson Williams.
1: Nope. Okay, I'm out. Second clue. I <laughs> never gave up a touchdown in my college career.
2: Ah, oh, okay. I know who it is.
1: They call me Sauce.
2: Ahmed Gardner.
1: Yeah. There you go.
2: I picked I'm the wrong to number. I get that one.
1: for my word number one, and I believe I am. <laughs> yeah. <Cool. laughs>
0: nice. Well.
1: All right. Well, that was that was. Oh, no, that was good fun. That, that was not, well The script.
0: <laughs> oh, you did fine. You did fine. Um, oh, I, I I had something written down, Jeff, and I forgot to bring it up on the uh, on the tagging of David and Joku. Um We were talking earlier. The last time the Browns tagged somebody, it was yeah. it was Phil Dawson in 2011. Phil Dawson. Okay. Yeah, they tagged. Wow. him. Wow. So.
1: Um, yeah, you couldn't prove it by me that the Browns ever used the franchise tag. Yeah, this, I was,
0: this last one Yeah, it's been it's been a long time.
1: So yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting.
0: okay, so um so let's let's launch into this and uh, i'm I'm gonna guide this a little bit, Peter, but uh, I'm gonna let you guys take this any direction you want to. so, so let's just start out talking talking about the wide receivers. Um, obviously, some guys that um, really help themselves and and uh, some guys that 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 probably, did not. So I'm going to bring up a few names and then, um, I'm going to let you guys talk about anybody else that you want to, um, a couple of guys that we've talked about on the show. Um, one guy is, is, um, one of, one of Jeff's guys, and that's Danny Gray, who ran a four, three, three. And then, um, uh, Bo Melton, who, um, Thor Nystrom had brought up and talked about, um, you know, him being a, you know, a late round guy out of Rutgers that people didn't know about, a great value pick, and he runs a four three four. I'm thinking he's probably not a secret anymore, at this point. <laughs> right. By running that four three four, so, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but the guys I'm looking at that uh, I'm kind of wondering what you guys think as far as how much damage these guys did to themselves. Are uh, uh, Traylon Burks running a four five five? And David Bell running a four six five. These guys that have great speed um, put up, you know, nice numbers in college and everything. Big targets, make good catches, but um, you know, I guess David Bell has questions about his athleticism and that. Um, kind, kind, of wonder what you guys think about those two players specifically. Um, I, I we'll we'll let you go first, Peter, on on Burks and Bell. Do you think they really hurt themselves a lot at the combine?
2: I, I, don't, I don't think they hurt themselves a lot. I think I think that I don't think Burks hurt himself very much at all because I think the the mid four fives was where I would have expected him to run. You know, you'd uh-huh. like to see it closer to four four five, um, but that's not the type of receiver that he is. Um, it, it, to to a degree, he's a slightly slower version of DK Metcalf. Now Metcalf ran a lot faster at at, at the combine, but yeah. that's the type of receiver that 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 Burks is. And I don't think he's hurt himself a huge amount. And and perhaps one of the reasons for saying that is I think there's that group of six wide receivers that are likely to go in the first round, five five or six. And he Mm -hmm. certainly isn't falling out of that group. Mm -hmm. And I think if you took the top, the five wide receivers, if you took Wilson, London, Burks, Williams, and Alave, there's cases for changing the order of those guys around anyway depending on the type of receiver that you want. So I don't I don't think that, that Burks has hurt himself overly and I don't think he's dropping out of that top five group. Bell's a slightly different case because he's a kind of second round type guy, cusp of the first round potentially. I think he probably has hurt himself. Again I wouldn't have expected him to come out and run four three, but yeah. I didn't expect him to come out and run four six five. And I think he's probably being hurt not just by his time, but by the fact there's a guys in the group below him or previously in, in the groups below him, like a Christian Watson, like a Sky Moore, like an Alec Pierce, who are mo- who are already moving up the draft boards before the combine and it's possible that he's he will have fallen behind some of those guys so i think bells hurt himself more than burke says
0: yeah you mentioned alec pierce he um runs a four four one, and he had the uh, he had the best vertical yeah. in this too um you know i don't i don't know where he was uh, projected before the combine but it seems to me that he's probably one of the guys who helped himself the most
2: yeah. And I think the thing we always have to remember is for all these guys that we think are moving up the boards, like a Christian Watson, like a Sky Moore, like an Alec Pierce, potentially, that means somebody else has to move down just by just by the law of numbers. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the chances are typically it's going to be somebody else at at the same at the same position you know because 20 wide receivers aren't going in the first two rounds no matter how many of these guys who are previously third or fourth rounders are moving up some of yeah. those guys that were previously up they have to move down just by the laws of numbers yeah so um so after after the combine
0: peter who are who are your top uh, you mentioned you mentioned the top five but who who are who's your next who's your next layer uh, your next level a wide receiver your next Five guys. Or, yeah. Or so, so,
2: Jahan Dotson of Penn State is, is the next guy, and I think he's borderline first round, just depending on how many of those guys go in the first round. Um, I think I think George Pickens, I think Christian Watson, um, John Metchie. I still like out of Alabama, even though he's another one that's carrying that an ACL injury from, mm-hmm. from unfortunately, from the week before that Jameson Williams hurt his ACL. Um, I'm not sure how many I've named there, and then you might want to throw David four, Bell at yeah. David Bell at the end of that group. Okay. Okay. So, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, but I, I I think we're in a, a similar situation to where we've been in the last couple of years, other than. Than not being a guy likely to go in the top five, like a Jamar Chase. I think we've got five, potentially five or six of these guys going in the first round. And I think potentially we've got four or five going in, in the second round and a similar number in the third round. It's, it's it's again, it's a pretty good group. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so Jeff, I'll let you jump in on this. And, uh, which Which guys do you think helped themselves the most, and which which guys did you emerge from the from the combine with a new appreciation for? who I mean, who stood out to you that you maybe weren't looking at before?
1: Yeah, I think Christian Watson really put himself on everybody's radar. I'll agree with Peter. Um, he was a guy who was probably late second, you know, maybe even into the third round uh, b- before the combine. and um, you know he's he's forced his way into the conversation. Um, you mentioned Alec Pierce, um, who I think everybody knew was, you know, talented, just the this, this small school stigma kind of, you know, he, he needed to overcome. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, Traylon Burks, um, I, I don't think he as much hurt himself as I think he just kind of missed an opportunity to help himself, um, Another one of those guys that that you know you see mocked everywhere from you know top ten to to you know twenty five to thirty, um, and I think he really could have solidified himself as a as a top half of the first round guy if you know he had shown more speed. But you know we talked a few weeks back about him just not being the you know the burner type receiver. He's more of the you know the big handsy win you know the, win the contested catch kind of a guy that um, you know, you need in the sort of slogging offense that, that the Browns play. Um, mm-hmm. so I still think he's a great fit for our offense. Um, and I hope that, you know, that, that, that slow time in the 40 at the combine, you know, turns enough other teams off on him that he just continues to slide down to where we can take him in a good spot. Or someone you know like him. I think I put you know Burks and 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 Christian Watson and those you know just tall lanky guys um, sort of in that same category as people who I'd love to see you know worked into our offense. Um, you know versus the the speedy you know I don't I don't think we're going to be a vertical passing offense anytime soon. So I'm much more interested in you know these big when at the when at the point of catch type of guys.
0: Okay, Jeff, so here's a question for you. After watching the combine, and I mean, you, you've watched film on um, these top receivers and that, so after the combine and seeing what these guys did there, which of the receivers, uh, assuming the Browns don't trade and just stay at 13, which of the receivers would you feel comfortable with taking at 13? <sighs>
1: At 13, I, you know, um, right now, probably Wilson is the only one I'd be comfortable taking at 13. Um, I don't think he's going to be there. Um, mm. But um, I, I really think it depends a lot, like we've talked around, on, on who else is there. And, you know, I'd like to, yeah. love to get Peter's thoughts on this, too. You know, I mean, who, who drops down to that 13 level? from those guys up above that, you know, we really couldn't pass up, you know, couldn't pass on uh, at the edge position yeah. and a couple of other guys. But um, yeah, you know, I think Garrett Wilson would be the guy if you, if you had to stay at 13, but um, I, I really think this draft is, is prime for the Browns to move down. Um, yeah. yeah. Pick up, pick up another asset either in the second round this year or, you know, an asset for next year. Um, and still get a great wide receiver um, and edge probably in the top you know, 40 picks, uh, 40, 50 picks. Um, so I, I would really be surprised if, if we're taking Garrett Wilson at 13, but I think if, if that was our best option, I'd be okay with it.
0: So, Peter, I'll ask you the same question. What, if you're the Browns, which of the, these receivers are you comfortable taking at, at the 13 spot?
2: Well, I think if Wilson's there, you take you, you take him, right? So, so, so right now, I think he's the best receiver on, on the board, and mm. and I think I think there's a chance he's there. I think that, as Jeff described, I think once you get past the first, I've not counted them, but let's call it the first seven or eight players: the Niels, the Hutchinsons, the Hamiltons, Conwell Cross, Gardner, a couple of others. You get to about eight. When you get from about player nine to about player twenty. Maybe maybe even further down the draft than that because because nobody knows where any of these quarterbacks are going to go, and, right. and if you look at and if you yeah. look at and if you look at two or three so-called experts and their mock drafts, you know some of them will have five quarterbacks going in the first round and some of them will have one, and and <laughs> right. and, and, and the one that they had was a different one to you know to what somebody else had. So it's so we don't know where those quarterbacks are going, and I and I, and I just think that from about player 9 to player 20 or 25 they could almost you could almost throw those guys in a pot and pick their names out of a hat and they could go in in mm-hmm. in in any order I, th- I think if wilson's there at 13 you, you jump at the chance to take him um I, I think the question you've got about the wide receivers is that they're all slightly different guys mm-hmm. you know if if you know if you if you're looking for as you already described a big guy like Burks, then then Burks may well be there at thirteen. I think that's probably slightly high for him now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and my view would be, if I was thinking about taking taking one of the receivers, and Wilson wasn't going to be there at thirteen, I would certainly consider trading down to about twenty because there's still going to be, even if it's a Jameson James, you think about a Jameson Williams or a Chris Olave at that pick. Um, I mean, I think those are really, really good value. Of course, Williams is up. Well, we don't know what Williams' status will be. He may be ready to go in camp. He may, he may not be. Um, but but I think there's value to be had around that, you know, pick 20 to 25 at the wide receiver position.
0: So you want us yeah. to trade to 20 with the Steelers so they can come up and take <laughs> Malik Willis. Is that what you want?
2: No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah, no, I that That makes sense. Um, I mean, just looking at all the mocks, people have had, you know, all different guys mocked at 13, but, you know, Garrett Wilson's probably the primary guy. But after, after watching it, yeah, I think I agree with you guys. Um, and especially seeing that there is so much value at wide receiver, it's like, why, why nice. do you feel like you have to take a guy at 13 if Wilson's not there?
2: Right. And that and that's always the issue, isn't it? even even if those guys are really good, it's like it's like edge, isn't it? Is actually there could be some really good edge guys that dropped to round two. And so and so therefore I need to be thinking in round one about a position that's got a huge drop off. You know, if it's a position of, of, right. of need of need for me, rather than taking an edge guy where where a guy that I pick in round two may be very close to being as good as the guy I'd get in round one anyway.
1: Yeah. Thank you. That's what I've been saying for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Everybody everybody in Cleveland seems to think that we need to take a wide receiver with that first pick and I keep saying we can end up with a very close approximation by taking a wide receiver in the second round versus that huge drop off in edge and that's that's a, a outstanding point Peter. Uh, yeah
2: and the and the other thing we just don't know how the, how the board will fall. So we think there's five or potentially six with Jahan Dotson Potentially six wide receivers that are first roundish type players, but if there's a run on one of the other positions, for example, if there's a run on edge in the first round, one or two of those guys might start slipping to the second round. Not because they're typically second round players, but just because by the law of numbers, you know, yeah,
0: that's just how it goes
2: sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, so let, let's let's move on
0: to edge. Um, you talked about. Uh, Trayvon Walker uh but he's not the only guy who looked uh looked pretty good um <laughs> there's some pretty good <laughs> edge guys in this draft and I kind of wanted to get to, let's just start off by by uh letting you give kind of your order Peter on who you you know and who you see as the best and and however far you want to go with you know your top four five six guys
2: yeah I mean I, I think that and again, it's kind of it depends on where teams' heads are and, and and that and that kind of thing. I think the safest top player at the edge position is Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan, mm-hmm. um, and I say that because I think he's the most ready to come in and play today. And so, so I think he's the guy that's going to have the biggest impact in his in his rookie season. And then the two guys that I had immediately behind him, are Cavan Thibodeau and David Ajabo. And thibodeau has been rocking around that top 5 for two or three years now. You know, if if it, if we'd done this draft a year ago, he probably would have been the number 1 overall pick. Now, mm-hmm. it, it's it's potential that that Thibodeau's ceiling may be higher than Hutchinson's, but his production today isn't as good as Hutchinson's. So, that's why he's he's slightly behind him. And and, and a similar situation with with Ajabo. So, Ajabo's likely to He's more of a 3-4 outside linebacker than he is at an end. Has only one real year of playing experience, and that's the issue with him. But if you're looking for a potential 3-4 outside linebacker that can rush the passer, um, and you're looking at a guy that's got a high ceiling, then David Ajabo is is, is that guy. Now, those guys with... with lots of potential and not yet huge amounts of production also of course can turn out to be busts, they may never reach that ceiling so those that's the chance mm-hmm. that you take but but for me it's Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Ajabo, um, probably Jermaine Johnson now uh, as as the fourth edge guy after a really good combine, there's not a lot to choose between him and and George the Greek, Kalaftis at Penn State, um, Johnson's more of a an, an outside linebacker guy. So it's those five, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Jabo, Kaleftis, and, and, and Johnson, roughly in that order, first-rounders.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, your your thoughts on that, Jeff, and anybody you want to add to that?
1: Well, I, I just want to ask Peter real quick. I mean, obviously, you know, the way our defense is structured, we're looking for a three-down defensive end. and. You know, obviously Hutchinson's going to be off the board um, no matter what happens. Um, interestingly, before the start of the college football season, he's a guy I was keying in on that. I thought, man, if he drops down into the, you know, the, the the early 20s, you know, that's kind of where we're projecting the Browns to be picking this year. You know, that'd be a good guy for us to target. Well, he he played himself into, the, you know, one of the top picks in the draft. Yeah. But um, I think if, you know, if, if we're looking for that kind of player. Um, you know, I'd be interested to hear who you think are the, you know, the next two or three guys after Hutchinson, Peter.
2: Yeah, well I, I think I mean the name I didn't mention was one that we mentioned right near the top of this uh, this pod was Trayvon Walker. And I and I didn't mm. mention him simply be simply because I'm not sure whether it's a defensive tackle or or, or, or an edge. Um but I, but I think i think that's a guy that could be there around pick 13 now people are starting to project him in the top 10 um off the back of the combine um, but again as we mentioned earlier if if those guys are moving into the top 10 now give me the names that are falling out of the top 10 please right who, who's who's he, because because there aren't 15 players in the top 10 um so you know i i think that i think that's a guy that's a possibility because i think Particularly in the four-three, you can play him on the outside or or, or a defensive tackle. Um, I think um, George Kalafdis at Penn State fits a four-three defensive end as well. So I think those, I think those two guys, um, Thibodeau, Thibodeau won't be there. So so probably Walker or Kalafdis if they're there at thirteen.
1: So the interesting thing to me is, is you know will will the Browns look at one of those hybrid guys um you know you mentioned Trayvon Walker but I think um guys like Logan Hall and Cameron Thomas are are in that same mold where you know we're really not sure where they're going to line up so does that mean that you know they're going to be really great at one or the other or maybe they're just going to be solid at both you know, depending on on
2: situation, right? Uh, yeah, and and I think that's a great point, and and that's my fear about Trayvon Walker. If I if I if I'm really honest with you, is because I'm because it's not clear exactly what he is. He might turn out to be good at both positions without being outstanding at one of them,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which which is great. You know, the role would be good or very good, um, right? But, but, but that but, doesn't
1: warrant warrant a number thirteen pick.
2: Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean. I mean, you know, you're trying to find that next, the next Miles Garrett, aren't you, or, or whoever it might be, early, early in the draft. Now there aren't many yeah. of those types of guys around, but, but that's the type of thing that you're type of player that you're aspiring to get, picking, mm-hmm. picking in the first round.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about him fitting in. You know, if the Browns uh, did resign Clowney, then and you had, had him. Uh, Clowney and Garrett, three guys who could play inside or out. Um, you know, with the with the issues that the Browns have, it you know on the inside right now, and the, um, it might help them out. But but again, you're using the 13th pick on on a guy that you're not sure has a position. So so I understand that definitely. Mm-hmm. So um, any any other guys on the on the edge that you want to talk about, Jeff?
1: Um, You know, when you get a little bit later in the draft, I think there's some guys that are interesting to me for the um, Tack McKinley role, you know, more of the third down pass rush specialist. Um, I'm just curious, you know, who Peter sees in that role. But, um, you know, a guy like Tyreek Smith out of Ohio State that, you know, I think would be a good guy to groom in that role. Um, Obviously, there are guys higher more highly ranked than him um but I think you're looking for that kind of a player you know in the mid rounds probably um so you know who do you think fits that mold peter
2: yeah I think you I think you mentioned one and I don't think he's going to go to the to the to the mid rounds but he's he's probably second or third rounder at this stage and that's that's Cam Thomas Cameron Thomas at San Diego State mm-hmm. I think I think I think that that's a guy that's who's who um is an excellent edge guy but again can play can play in inside um yeah and and as a guy that's got he gets to the quarterback and and that's one of my concern about projecting edge guys is they can have all the speed in the world but some of those guys just never get to the quarterback cam cam you know cam cam thomas does um it's boy Maffey out of Minnesota, but I think he's going a lot higher. I think he's moving up the up the boards, probably into the into the second round. Um, Sky, I like out of I've watched for, for for some bizarre reason watched more of Western Kentucky than than I normally would. I was looking at the quarterback to be honest, but um, so D'Angelo Malone out of West Western Kentucky is um, a guy that that. Um, is probably probably going to project to an out, outside linebacker, but he, but he can get to the quarterback play all over the field. I like him, um, and yeah, Tyreek Smith out of, out of Ohio State. Um, yeah, and that and that is a that is a guy. If you, you look at him, about 270 ish. Um, so so he's a guy that could play definitely 4'3", three defensive end. It's um, quick get to the get to the pass or so i think somewhere in the in the middle to you know is a day three guy probably Mm -hmm. um but but i but i think he would be a nice pick round five or round six maybe earlier maybe earlier than that he may not fall that far but somewhere in early day three yeah it feels like there's going to be a lot of
0: volatility with this draft you never know which uh for the browns is a good thing because uh, you know uh, andrew berry has a has a has a way of finding value so uh, so i think that's good you know if there's a run on one position he's gonna he's probably going to migrate to another position and and you know and, and find a guy who's going going to help the team so um i see that having a couple a of
1: thing. third rounders and a couple of fourth rounders certainly gives you a lot of flexibility
2: it does it really does yeah yeah, definitely.
1: So, uh, so let's talk
0: uh, defensive tackle, and you kind of have to start with Jordan Davis running running that uh, four point four point seven eight forty, and um, I don't care how many times you watch it, you're just like, what? Um, that, <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you how do you do that? Um, so, uh, is is this defensive tackle class just better than everybody thought peter
2: um so so i think the the top couple of guys Trayvon Walker and Jordan Davis have really kind of you know jumped off the page at people over the last four or five days i i I think it's slightly better than a normal defensive tackle class because because typically there's very few of these guys around we talk a lot a lot about edge guys but, but getting guys that play predominantly in the middle, um, either a defensive tackle or even a 3-4 nose tackle, there's very few of those guys that that are top draft picks. And I think this year we've probably got three or four that have the potential to go in the first round, but I'd never be surprised if it wasn't just two, if it wasn't just Walker and, and Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping before the combine with my Packers hat on that... that that Jordan Davis wouldn't quite test as well as that and might still be there at twenty eight when the Packers pick. Um because yeah, it's a big it's a big happening. need for the Packers as well. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh yeah, Walker and Davis and then potentially Devontae Wyatt and DeMarvin Leal, potential first rounders. But I, I think we normally find with these guys that normally only one or two will go end up going in the first round, and I think it's Walker and Davis if you count Walker as a, as a tackle rather than an edge.
0: So who else did well at the combine, or who else? Uh, I mean, the Browns have a big need at defensive tackle. They are hurting. Um, you know, pretty much everybody they had is is, is gone. They have they have two guys, um, and and they're not full time starters. So um, they have two guys left on their roster. So, um, you know, I I don't know if they're if one of these guys is going to be there at 13 if they, if they would, I don't know if they would even use a pick at 13, you know, on a defensive tackle, I guess, depends on who it would be. But, um, so I, I I think realistically, I think you're looking third, fourth round. So do you feel like there's value there and, and who could the Browns hope to get in, in those rounds that would, would, uh, you know, be able to come in and actually help?
2: Well, I, I I think that you know Jeff's already mentioned the name Logan Hall. Now, yeah, hmm. uh, you know, he could well be there when the Browns pick in round two. So Logan Hall out of, out of Houston um, could do with adding a, a bit of weight at 275", seventy five two eighty. But I think I think he's a nice player in the, in in the middle of the line. Um, he's quick for a guy of two two seventy five. Um, and yeah plays the run but also but also can get to the quarterback um as you as you as you move down um who who, who have we got i mean if if you're looking for a guy that plugs the middle of the line um neil farrell jr out of lsu um probably in about round three six four three forty um big um more of a run plugger than he is a a pass rusher, but that's often what yeah. you're looking for from those inside, inside guys. Um, that would Browns be the probably cool. need at least
0: one guy like that.
2: Yeah. You can't
0: stick a bunch of guys out there who are all 280. Right.
2: So, so, so I think, I, I think, I think Neil Farrell of LSU in about round three or four would be, a, would be a good guy. Um, and you've got the guy from um, Garrett from Ohio state. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's kind of a is short, short stocky type almost like a nose tackle type um but yeah i mean I, I think haskell garrett i think i think he's a he's a good player and i think he'll be there round three or round four so it could be a guy that lasts to day three um and again i think i think he's a good run stuffer in the in the middle who will get to the quarterback on occasion
0: jeff who else are you looking at it
2: at uh, defensive tackle
1: yeah, you know, it's tough because we've taken de-tackles d- in the mid-rounds the last several drafts, and, you know, I-, I have a hard time envisioning another, you know, guy in that mold jumping ahead of the guys that we already have. We've talked about this with Peter in the past. I think yeah. unless somebody like Logan Hall, who is sort of that hybrid that, you know, can, can help Um, our defense with those exotic packages, um, you know, falls into our lap. Um, I I don't know that there's anybody that the Browns are going to target as more of a sort of a a vanilla defensive tackle in this draft that that could leapfrog the guys that we already have on the roster. I think we're probably going to be looking to add guys via free agency, but um, yeah, if somebody like Logan Hall was there um, and they could, you know, use him in some different ways, that would, that would definitely interest me. Um, and there's probably, you know, a couple other guys of that mold further down, um, you know, either in the edge class um, or in the, the defensive interior class that we talked about, you know, kind of being able to go either way. And that that's really just a defensive philosophy thing, you know. If if um, you know they want to try to do that more of that this year,
0: yeah. Hey, guys, we have to talk about quarterback because it was fun. It was fun watching these guys throw, and you know, even if they're not as good as other classes, um, some of these guys have have a pretty good arm, um, you know, and and uh, have have done fairly well. So. Um, I guess first of all, what what were your impressions of the quarterbacks at the combine, Peter? Did, did they perform better than what you thought? The guys who
2: actually went out there and and uh, you know threw and and you know yeah, and so ran and everything. So 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 it was quite vanilla for me, and 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 I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it, it was pretty much I saw pretty much what I expected to see. Okay. If, 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 if I'm really honest, from that group of of five five or six top top quarterbacks, um, and I think a bit like wide receiver, and a bit like many positions, but especially like wide receiver, I think in that quarterback group, it's just what do you like, what are you looking for, and what do you like? You know, are you, are you, do you want a guy that can come in and start straight away? Then then, then you're leaning towards a Kenny Pickett. Um, do I want a guy that? that I can take a couple of years to, to develop, but a guy that can make all the throws, has got a huge arm, can run. Then we're talking about Malik Willis. You know, am I prepared to wait perhaps till, till round two and get a guy with a strong arm that can run an offence? Desmond Ridder. Um, so it's just it's just a matter of what you like, but I, but I, I didn't see anything in any of them that, that really wasn't what I expected, Rod, to be honest.
0: Yeah, did, um, Desmond Ritter really—he uh, um, put up some good numbers
2: at the combine. So, do you feel like he helped himself move up the board at all? it he did not didn't harm himself. I mean, i i, I, I think he's an, a, a second-round guy. With you know, if if the board fell his way, he could sneak into the top into the you know into the back end of the first round. But I think he's a second-round mm-hmm. guy. What I will say about Ritter, I think he's got a stronger arm than people give him credit for. So it's not quite a a Willis or a Carson Strong arm, but it's a pretty damn good arm.
0: It was kind of fun watching Willis and Strong throw the ball. (laughs) Those guys have a pretty pretty good arm. Um, Jeff, what did you think? What did you think about seeing those guys throw? Any impressions?
1: Yeah, again, I, I, I. Sort of feel the same way Peter does that um, you know nobody really li- I mean, Willis I think was was the one surprise a little bit um, but I think it's, he's really got to go to the right situation um, the rest of these guys they could be serviceable NFL quarterbacks um, you know down the road a-, a ways but I don't think anybody's going to become a you know franchise type quarterback out of this class.
2: See, see it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting for me because you know, with the Packers hat on again, I was asked the other day how many of these quarterbacks in this draft would go above Jordan Love, and I'm right. not a hun- I'm not a hundred percent certain that any of them would. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can make a case from Malik Willis or a Kenny Pickett, and I'll absolutely understand that case, but it's not a hundred percent nailed-on case that any of them are better than Jordan Love, who the Packers took with pick, whatever it was, twenty. 20- Four or twenty-five, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But 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 so, as, but but as, sorry, just as Jeff described, it's about these guys going into the right situation, particularly with a Malik Willis. You know that guy could be a superstar if he gets into the right situation with the right coaching. I
0: don't know. I I have a feeling. I just have a feeling with the uh, with what we've seen in the draft with with uh, the desire to get. UBs with with uh, potential. I have a feeling that somebody's going to move up and take Malik Willis. Um, you know, I, I, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, you know, we've seen quarterbacks yeah, go pretty high. But um,
1: that's sort of a separate question. I think, Rod. You know, will will a team reach for one of these guys? I, I they, yeah. I, they absolutely will. I think probably. Two or three of these guys, teams will want to reach for yep. just because the NFL is so quarterback-starved.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: no, no, I believe uh, that.
2: Yeah, uh, and I, and I think if you're a team that's not looking for a quarterback, I think I you'd think say it's... carry on, carry on, reaching guys, because for every guy, <laughs> say say somebody jumps above the Browns at thirteen and takes Malik Willis at pick nine or something like that, and or you know, and that's where Denver are picking, who could be after a quarterback. You know, that's a that's a guy that otherwise would then you know will now potentially drop to the Browns who wouldn't have done. So carry carry on, yeah,
0: which is great, <laughs> yeah. which is great, yeah, yeah. So, um, so at, I don't want to go through all the other positions, guys. Who who else really stood out to you, Peter, at the at any of the other positions that we haven't uh, talked about?
2: Yeah, I, I I think one of the most intriguing position. So, so we mentioned Jermaine Johnson, the, um, the edge. I think one of the most intriguing positions for me is, is offensive tackle. And it's not even clear the order of the, how the top three are going to fall at offensive tackle, but the, the, the guy that is that stood out for me outside that top three group and um, I think could surprise people with how high he goes in, in the draft is is Trevor Penning of Northern Iowa. Um, you know, and this is a guy who's huge. You know, he's he's six foot. I don't have the measurements in front of me, but he's six foot seven, six foot eight, three hundred and a lot. Um, and the guy can move. Oh. And um, I I just think that he's a nailed-on left left tackle in 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 the NFL. He's got long arms. He's got everything you look for in a in a in a left tackle, he has got nice feet. Um, you know, sets his anchor. Does ev- does everything that you look for in a in a left tackle. So, th- so that's the guy for me. That that, if you like, is ought to be moving up draft boards. Um, follow it following the, the, the combine. Um, Trevor Penning, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. Okay. Sure. Um.
0: Jeff. Jeff, did you have questions on any other uh, specific guys or uh, positions?
1: You know what? I, I'm not looking at, at um, Peter's player listing right now, but um, yeah, there's there's a guy that you and I talked a little bit about, Rod, that a little obscure, and I don't know if Peter, if you have any opinion on this guy, but um, linebacker out of Iowa State Mike Rose um any thoughts on him and and what his chances are of getting drafted and, and making it in the nfl yes
2: yeah, so, so, so i think i think he will i think he will get drafted so um you know i think that um he's he's a pure linebacker so we're not talking about an edge guy, but, th- but this is a, an, an off the ball linebacker that can, yeah. I, I guess, Mike, I like, I
1: mean, yeah, run stuffing Mike. Yeah.
2: Right. But, but what I like about what I like about him. So he's got all of that stuff that you would kind of expect out of a, out of a, out of a middle linebacker can shoot the gap reads the reads the, you know, reads the offensive play in front of him makes quick decisions. But the thing I like about Rose is that he can cover as well. And I think you see a lot of these off-the-ball linebackers that can't cover, or don't have experience in in coverage. Um, I don't have the notes in front of me about Mike Rose, but I seem to think he had four or five interceptions, not this past year, but the no. year but the year before. Um, right. and, and, I, and I think he's a he's a good good cover guy. So so I think I think he'll be drafted. I think there's a bunch of other linebackers that are likely to go before him. Obviously, the guys at the top of the, the top of the draft you know, Devin Lloyd and, and guys like that. And even right. um, Leo Chanel of Wisconsin, I think is moving up the board, but yeah, I like, I like Mike Rose. And as I say, I, I like him as much because he can, he works in, he, you know, he can cover as, as mm-hmm. played a run, which is quite unusual for, for lots of guys coming out.
1: Well, you, you've probably seen some of the, the same tape on him that I have Peter. but um, you know, with, with some of those interceptions, you um, I told Rod that he reminded me a little bit um, in in you know just the way he plays and um, his sort of his his body language, um, his enthusiastic sort of approach to to coverage um, and some of those interceptions. He reminds me a lot of one of our favorite players here in Cleveland, Clay Matthews. Um, and I just think he would be one of those guys that um, the fans would fall in love with if the Browns were to bring him in as sort of a late pick. And you know, middle linebacker is an area where we we just we have a sort of a dearth of opportunity, you know, or uh, or, or of options. There's, you know, we've got the, the coverage guys pretty much in place, but um, you know, we we could use a guy like that in the middle. So
2: anyway, guy
1: somebody I'm rooting for.
2: Yeah, and and, I, and, and I, I would I would agree with that. You know, he's one of those guys that it's difficult to say this with to be 100% certain about this, but he looks like one of those guys that that raises the play of the guys around him. He's a he's a yeah. leader on the field with a with a great with a great attitude. So yeah, I think he, I think he's definitely a guy that you can root for. He's also a
1: local Cleveland kid, which oh, makes it even more interesting to <laughs> find a route for him. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So, uh, so Peter, let, let's uh, in, in kind of wrapping things up here. Let's uh, let let's get your thoughts on the. Uh, I mean, you, you've kind of talked about this a bit, but um, in getting down to thirteen, and I know you probably need. to – some more time to look at this, but what what kind of options do you believe might be there for the Browns um, and some of the best players that could be available, um, depending on how those last three four picks above
2: the Browns fall. Yeah, so so I think so I think that there's a name I just mentioned um, off the ball linebacker Devon Lloyd, um, out of Utah. So, so he could be there. I think he will be there at 13. Uh, it just depends on whether you want to want to take that type of player at, at that, that higher pick. Um, not forgetting that Tampa Bay took Devin White at about pick five, I think, three or four years ago. It's worked out um, pretty well for him. Yeah, yeah. and, 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 and Lloyd, Lloyd is that type, that type of player. Yeah. Um, so, so, so he could be there, as we mentioned earlier, one or more of those receivers will be there. It, it, it's possible that Wilson will drop, will drop that far. Um, you know, the, your second linebacker option, Nakobe Dean, he'll be there um, out, out out of Georgia, and he's a good player. Um, but but I, I, you know, and there's those bunch of edge guys that we mentioned because they're not all going. You know, we mentioned Hutchinson and Thibodeau and Ajabo and and Jermaine Johnson and. George Kalaftis, one of those guys is going to be there. Not one uh-huh. of the top two, but one of those other guys is going to be there around around pick 13. But, but again, it's back to where we started almost. It, it's, do you want to take one there, or I'll take my chances that I can get a player who's nearly as good as what I can get at 13 further down the draft and pick up another pick? Up another pick. Because I think part of the strength of this draft is it is beyond the first round. It, it is in rounds two and rounds three and rounds four um so so you know getting more picks in those areas i th- I, th- I think it's quite a prudent thing to do if you can get them
0: yeah and from from talking to you it sounds like if you're the guy making the picks i'm i'm thinking that if if lloyd or uh, or wilson are there you're making the pick and if anybody yep. else is there you're probably trading down
2: yeah, pr- pretty much. If I was trying to make that pick for the for the for the Browns, I mm. I I think so. Yeah, um, Wilson or Lloyd. I I might I might even be tempted by by Nakobe Dean at thirteen because I think he's a, he's a really good player as well. But I think other than those three, I'm I'm probably I'm probably trading down
0: because there's enough depth at edge.
2: Yeah, abs- absolutely. Absolute, edge and
0: wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Jeff? you agree?
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, George Karlaftis might be in that conversation. He might also go in the top five. Um, But, yeah, I think if if one of those guys is there that you just can't pass up on and, and, you know, Garrett Wilson is already gone, you know, maybe to the Giants, somebody up above us. yeah, I think you you seriously have to think about trading down for additional assets. It's, this this draft is primed for that. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely, definitely. Excellent, guys. Well, uh, we've been talking here a while, so um, yeah. Um, I I guess uh, I guess Jeff, if unless you have any other questions or anything uh, you want to, wanted to ask Peter um I, th- I think we'll go on to our closing remarks
1: okay yeah I'm good thanks
0: okay um peter you're the guest we're gonna let you go first on anything you'd like to leave everybody with uh tonight regarding the draft <laughs> or anything else you want to talk about
2: well first firstly just to say thank you to you rod and to you jeff for having me on again it's great to get on here and talk about talk football but specifically talk about the draft and i think just just Mentioning the draft, you know, we're still seven weeks away from the draft. We've got, you know, the next thing will be a bunch of pro days. So, so some of the positions are like, you know, are likely to change. We'll see guys that that didn't take part in the in the combine that were injured or, or simply didn't want to take part in some of the drills at the combine, do their pro days, and there'll likely be one or two guys that jump out in the pro days. So, so so there'll be a guy that we're thinking of as in the 20s now that may jump you know 10 or 15 places yet in the draft but but yeah i'm really looking forward to it. And, and and i think look part of the excitement about about this year's draft as we said earlier it's actually quite difficult to predict where where all the dominoes are go- where all the dominoes are going to fall because it only takes you know one player to go slightly out of position early in the draft for the, for the whole thing to to change so yeah it should be exciting yeah
0: uh Jeff, closing thoughts
2: yeah, a
1: draft specific. I mean, this is this is going to be an exciting draft for the Browns. Um, you know, realistically, you look for those first and second round guys to be contributors. Um, you know, on a on a high quality roster, and then the rest of the guys to be developmental. Um, I think we could come out of this draft with three or four significant contributors, depending on you know whether we draft down for an additional pick. Um, you know, already having four picks in the top. Hundred and ten or so, um, so you know, draft specific. Um, pretty excited to see the the additions to the roster, uh, but I think also the you know the move with uh, franchising and Joku underscores the fact, like Peter was saying, that we're a long ways away, and a lot can happen between now and then. Um, you know, with free agency and you know other additions to the to the team, so that could really alter draft strategy. So. Um, It's pretty early to be, you know, sinking your anchor in one particular place. Um, But all in all, pretty, pretty excited about the upcoming draft. Excellent. This has been the Browns Blitz,
0: and we will catch you next time.